Welcome to the revolution. Welcome to the Liberty Hour of uh, Inform Life Radio, brought to you by Inform Choice Washington, that amazing organization, informchoicewa.org. We are on the air, on the radio, uh, streaming to Rumble, streaming to Twitter, streaming to Facebook, a little shadow ban there, but we're still there, um, because of our members who give a little bit every month to keep free speech on the air. We are so grateful to KKNW, this fabulous AM radio station where free speech still happens. Um, and, you know, we're grateful to listeners. Please spread the word that this radio show exists. Um, you know, the Liberty Hour in particular, moving into the new year, we're going to try to do our best to honor and respect the wonderful people in Washington supporting this hour and be bringing you news every week of legislation that is being put before the Washington State Legislature. We're going to try to keep you up to date on bills and how you can help when your voice is needed. So spread the word um, about this program. Um, uh, we really do appreciate it. The views expressed um, during this show are not necessarily those of KKNW. Um, we are just uh, here to bring you information that you can uh, learn and live and grow on and get active on because the Liberty Hour is about legislation and litigation. So I'm going to bring on Bob Reynolds, who's with Informed Choice Washington. Glad to have you back, sir. Thanks, Bernadette. Great to see you again. Yeah, and we've got Javier Figueroa. The doctor is in the house. Glad to, you just waved. You got to say hello to. Oh, the hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just came off of the health hour, and we were blown away by what we learned. Uh, it all like resonated with the journey we all have been on this life for what real health is all about. We learned about structured water, which is amazing. It's something your body makes if you give it the right ingredients. Um, so go back and watch that health hour um, if you missed it. But then when we were in the green room before the show started, we were being teased by our guest, Dr. Henry Ely, otherwise known as Dr. Henley, because he goes, gosh, I heard that. What structured water? So we were trying to describe it to him. And then he holds up a book that you have there all about structured water, because, of course, the amazing Renaissance man, Dr. Henry Ely, he <laughs> knows about structured water. We should have known, right? <laughs> I, should I, have known. That's what I make every day. I, I've been show, we, we showed folks at Healing for the Ages, Bernadette, how to take tap water and then take that tap water, run it through a gravity filter. And when you run it through a gravity filter, we really love the Alexa Pure right now. It's going to knock out about 99.9% .9 of all the pollution in there, maybe a couple of bioweapons. And then you take that water and you pour it into a distiller. And what that does is now it wipes the memory of the water. And when mm. the, now the memory gets cleared through the distillation process and now the water is impressionable. And so then we run it through a third stage on a um, we right now we're really liking uh, the wellness enterprise has this really great thing called an aqua energizer. It's actually been tested by the Masaro Emoto Institute 
and to confirm that it, it's the best structuring device out there right now. In our opinion, it is. And there's a lot of really great ones, but it's really great out there. Mm-hmm. But you can also structure with just your own prayer. You can structure with your own intention because the water becomes impressionable. And that's what Luc Montagnier and so many of these esteemed um, scientists are really proving over and over again is that there's much more going on to water than we've ever really appreciated. It's far more than just a hydrator and a carrier of, of things. It, it has its own performance. And so what we got into was we started looking at the structuring patterns of water and saying, look, well, what's so interesting is the structuring patterns of water at the cell level participate in cell signaling. So they improve cellular communication as you're going through. And that's been something we've been playing around with for a very long time, but really we didn't understand the necessity of that two-stage prep process to get the water ready to be structured because you can structure tap water, but it won't hold the structure very long at all. Um, it's, it's, it's imperceptible how long it will hold it. But if you have that water cleaned and purified, (laughs) now you got something special happening. Yeah. And you're adding another layer of, for the term structured water, because what we're hearing from Carrie Bennett was Mm -hmm. how, um, and interrupt me, you guys, if I'm remembering the language wrong, that your mitochondria make structured water. Yes. But you're also talking about the water that we drink and consume <laughs> needs to be also structured. Right. Technically, okay. what, your, what your mitochondria make is actually hydrogen peroxide. Um, your mitochondria at the end stage of the uh, electron transport chain are going to make a very short um, amount, of, a very short-lived hydrogen peroxide which is going to act as a natural antibiotic within the cell structure. That's what that's what it does. And then you lose an oxygen molecule from that process because H2O2 is hydrogen peroxide. You lose an oxygen molecule in the biochemical process, and now your end result is water. Your body actually makes water. Your mitochondria actually make water, structured water. We are so brilliantly designed to mm-hmm. heal ourselves. It is just blowing my mind. I said, Bob, like set back, like <laughs> that was like mm-hmm. took a step far. Well, I'm afraid we're going too far because sometime some pharmaceutical company is going to take this idea and try to hold us hostage with it. Oh, they're yeah. already they're already doing that. They're trying. They've already started working um, on that. Um, but they, what they haven't been able to figure out is how to improve on the purity of that design yet, at least in their published literature. Um, that, so what they went after was injuring that design to when that design is injured. Now you have a customer and that's why we have the energetic health Institute. Cause it's like what I've been teaching for decades now is it all starts with mitochondria and energy production. When we're talking about physical health. And it's so interesting that, the the emotional health and spiritual health are the foundations of that physical health. So it's all completely interrelated. And all that science is really doing now is proving what we've already known and talked about openly for thousands and thousands of years. You yeah. know, that, that God figured it out. <laughs> we just need to let it work. And I, I, I keep feeling a little bit like Helen Keller and that, you know, I get it. I get it. I learn. It makes sense to me, but I get new, new places of, oh my goodness, 
Oh, wow. Can I, you know, and can I show you something? Yeah, yeah. You ready to, you re- you ready to see? Because there's a simple home test we've been teaching yeah. uh, people how to do. Uh, in, and folks, I don't want to, I, I, you know, I'm not a real big plugger or anything like that. But folks that want to really want to learn how to do this, they can go to, um, they can go to healingfortheages.com and get a replay. We, this, is, this was the core of my uh, presentation in Dallas. Here, let me bring it up right now. Can I share screen? Um, yeah. How do I allow him to do that? Nathan, if you could assist us, I'm going to, um, stop sharing one that I had queued up and maybe Nathan can give us a hand and, um, yeah, I have permission. Okay. Here, let me, let me present real quick and we'll go share screen. Yes, yes, yes. Don't show the tips again. It's like <laughs> they treat us like children. They really treat us like we are just completely helpless without their technology. Yeah. Maybe some of us have become that, right? So here we go. Let me know when you can see my screen. It's it's uh, there behind the scenes. I'll add it to the stage, and then you should be able to interact with it. Okay. Can you let me know when you can see? I'm sharing screen right now. Let me know if you can see what you what I'm. Yes. You can see you it. Can, yes. Okay. So this is uh, now the these are ice cubes, and the mold for the ice was uh, was uh, um, uh, was was round, so that's why they look like this. But on the left. Um, this is Dallas tap water when it's frozen, when Dallas tap water is frozen. And really this is every major municipality. When it's, when the water is frozen, it gets cloudy. You probably see this in your refrigerator. If you have an ice making unit in there, it gets really cloudy because it's polluted. Now what we do is we take it through the gravity filtration process, and then we take it through the distillation process, and then we structure it. And then we froze it again. And that's what you see on the right. You can see the structuring patterns of the water so you can see the exclusionary zones and you know however whatever term you want to use whether it's structure it's a leafy pattern almost yeah you can see that right and this happens on all the water this happens on water every time and i have students all around the world now replicating this and sending me pictures and showing that they can do it it's the same the process works over and over and over again uh, with it so we have really fun ice cubes now and fun water yeah well i i love this i'm we're, we're squirreling a bit which i love to do we are going to get to our main topic which is okay. a grand jury update from you but what this conversation is so important yeah one of the things i want to just spend a, a couple minutes before we move on you talked about you know the power of of love and prayer and those mm-hmm. wonderful things that we can do it is so important. And in this movement, with the litigation and legislation, the sort of things that we're going to be moving on to where, where we can get the anger, right? Yeah. It is so <laughs> yeah, so very important for us to bring ourselves back to that positive energy um, that we need. Um, so let's talk about that a bit. Because, I mean, you, I always call you the renaissance renaissance man um because you seem to be able to use both sides of your brain but you're really mostly motivated from the spiritual side definitely motivated from the spiritual side we were we had we had a conference call this morning where um a company is getting started and really going to be focusing on um uh black health um as an initiative uh and it's going to be spearheaded by uh, kevin jenkins so i'm like working with him and we're talking about you know how we're going to do this and i said well listen everybody's coming out here and just selling supplements, you know, <clears throat> and some supplements are great. Like I, I'm a huge fan of what Dr. Group is doing at, at Global Healing. I think it's just out of this world what he's doing. Um, he's actually, he actually takes tap water in his facility and 
triple distills it, and then runs it through two um, structuring devices while playing music and Fibonacci sequences into the music before the music actually, before the, the water actually comes in contact with the herb to extract the medicinal compounds. And then afterwards, he takes Carilion photography of the medicine to show that it maintains its potency through like, it's just out of this world what this guy is doing, right. And his team, they're just crazy, beautiful people. <laughs> um, so, um, but we were talking, and I said, listen, man, you know, we can talk all day about supplement sales, right? I mean, there, there's a definitely a, a, a rhyme and a reason for him in this, this chemical pollution age that we're in, which is, you know, threatening us all. But um, before we get there, we have to see well, what's the foundation where, where's ground zero for everybody, right? Ground zero begins with your relationship with your creator. Now, I don't care about your names that, you know, and, what, and all that stuff. I that, that doesn't mean anything to me. What means something to me is that you acknowledge that you being here is a gift and that you being here didn't have to happen and that you have an opportunity just by nature of your existence to be grateful every moment of your day. Now we're into an actual real conversation at that point. And when you have that real conversation as your ground zero, now you can start getting into, well, let's talk about clean air. Let's talk about clean water, right? Which is a major bioweapon delivery system for them. And let's talk about clean food. And now we've established a really good foundation that is going to show up in how you relate to yourself how you perceptively see your world, and therefore it's going to enhance the strength of your relationships, the relationships that can maintain your leveling up in your energy fields. Because not all your, sadly, not all your relationships are going to be able to maintain that. That's okay. We're all on, we're pinballs a little bit to a certain extent. We're celestial pinballs, beings of light flying around, right? But if you can maintain that, now we can start having an honest conversation about supplementation and we can have an honest conversation about where that fits in because you are all of us going to be exposed to untold numbers of pollution opportunities that create disease within the physical body. And that's where we start looking up in the sky and, and everybody around the world is reporting this now. Chemtrails have increased. We all see it happening. Everybody, right? We know why it has increased. All right. Nikki Florio, you can go to B Heroic, B E E Heroic. She is one of the experts in this country on this. You would love to have her on your show, Bernadette. She is a wealth of information. And what she does so beautifully and so gently is she removes the theory out of the conspiracy theory. She says, you know what? Let me show you that the Department of Defense has been talking about this. Let me show you the funding from Microsoft. Let me show you where all of this is going on. Let me show you through NASA satellite images how HARP is able to push entire weather patterns around. There is, and, and now what you have is an opportunity to see what you cannot unsee. And once you get to that, that's where people start going, well, maybe it is time for us to ask some questions. Yeah, actually, the time for us to ask questions was when we saw the first straight cloud. And the first question should have been, what is that? And what's raining down on us? Because that was a, a whole part of this, this intricate plan that they've put together. I mean, really, when you step back, it's brilliant, right? Evil brilliance, yes. It's, it's there. But what we have to do is, main, and so where do we win? We win, we lose every time we give in to hate. And every time we give in to fear, we lose. 
Every time we um, subjugate ourselves to the idea that we are not amazing, that we are not incredibly capable of being in, in ingenious when necessary, and certainly um, when we when we when we refuse to give in to convenience. That's what I see more than anything else. We are, we are, we have become this thing that's like, oh my God, if I'm going to be inconvenienced even a little bit, I'm going to make a different decision. Well, wait, hold on. You can't make a decision against your own self-interest, which is freedom mm-hmm. for convenience. And this is where you get into the Ben Franklin quote and these wonderful quotes from our founding fathers that were like, hey, we founded this country after we fought for this country because we know a thing or two about tyranny right and that's what that was the whole inspiration behind this so if we maintain who we are which is we are the thing we have to get through our heads is that we are beings of light we are beings of light we happen to be living in a beautifully designed divinely designed carrier mechanism for us as beings of light. And that's the human body. And we happen to be on a planet that can sustain those life forms that we exist in, even though we exist outside of that as well. And it's this beautiful thing when you step back a little bit and go, wait a minute, this whole thing that we call life is magic. We just, it's so normal for us that we don't ascribe that word to it, but it's magic when you think about it. 37.2 trillion cells, each producing biochemical reactions. If you just blink your eyes, Bob, go ahead and blink your eyes real quick. (laughs) You just had over 900,000 trillion biochemical events happen in your body, not counting your microbiome. And they all went right. How do I know? Because there was no system failure. You're still in that body that you were given, right? <laughs> and then you look at the, you, Bernadette, you look at the, the, the 400 trillion cells that are in harmony that make up our extensive microbiome. It's not just in our gut, it's all over the place, mm-hmm. right? And everything basically working together in this little energy field. And then we have all these other little energy fields all working together for the most part. How do we know? Because for millions of years, we're still here. It works. It's mm-hmm. designed to work. Mm-hmm. And all we have to do is have the courage to let it work. And that's what These other folks who lack faith and have chosen fear over that faith don't have. They have an emptiness in them. And that's when I say to people, listen, you want to win this? I know that's what I want to do. You cannot give in to hate. You cannot give in to fear. What you do is you wish for your enemy the same thing that you wish for yourself. So I don't wish ill on the gates of the world and the people like that. I actually wish epiphanies for them, right? Because every day is another opportunity for them to turn it around and go, wait a minute, I've been wrong about this for a long time. Now, that day may not happen, I know. Mm -hmm. But I also wish for them something else I wish for myself, justice. Yes, 
And now we're into a higher vibration wish that if we are collectively wishing for that, will come into manifestation because as beings of light, we are magnetic as well. And we can draw that reality into it if that's the reality we want to create. That's the beautiful paintbrush that God has given us. And all we have to do is remember that we're the painters here. Thank you. Thank you so much for that reminder. As we move forward, we need to frequently remind ourselves of that. Mm -hmm. Daily. (laughs) That is how we win. And so now I will. uh, Is that that better than than Dr. H going going ham with a whole bunch of beep, 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 and beep, 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 like that? Well, you know, there's a time and a place. And sometimes we need to kind of let loose and, and go for it. But not right now. So not right I now. Not not when the FCC yeah. is listening. I got you. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be taking that recording and carrying that with me. I like that's the Doctor H that I I need a little bit of every day. Yeah. Beep, 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 no, beep, no, beep. no, 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 no. It's oh, the, the other one, one this that one. you just gave your, us. Your five minute uh, primer. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, and you know some of the most amazing people that that have emerged over the past few years during COVID were individuals who before COVID we would have considered sort of an enemy camp, not that they were evil, but they were, they, they believed in things that we knew were wrong and they weren't aware of the corruption they were following. Mm -hmm. And they have had that moral courage to stand up and to say I was wrong. So to extend the, the belief that potentially the likes of Fauci and Gates could someday have that moment too of realizing um, how wrong their direction is. I will try to hold that in my soul. It's going to be tough, but I'll try to work them in there too. We'll just try this one on for size. Next time you have a rough time. You ready? Yeah. God is dope. God is dope. Okay. <laughs> I hope good, dope is a good thing. It is. It is. It's a very good thing. Very, very good thing. High praise from where I come from. Okay. Okay. So... <laughs> So um, I've got pulled up on the screen here, um, the page, it's called COVID, no wait, beyondthecon.com, beyondthecon.com. This is a great website that you started several years ago. You were doing some amazing conferences Mm -hmm. because early on in all of this, um, Dr. H, you saw what was happening, laws that were being broken, Mm -hmm. um, and in particular, what the CDC was doing. And you immediately pulled together this amazing team. So I want you to explain to listeners and viewers who are new to your grand jury Mm -hmm. um, what you did, where you took it, and what the next steps are. That Because I'm really excited about the next phase moving into 2024. Amen, right? Yeah, we are. We're super excited, too. Um, uh, first of all, uh, I want to make sure I give a shout out to everybody on my team here. And this is only some of our team. So we have Albert Benavides at the top, who's right next to me in the image. Uh, and you can go to the website and watch this full replay. Uh, but he's the number one expert in the country, in my opinion, on VAERS analysis. We have John Bodwin right next to him, who's the number one um, expert in the country on death certificate analysis, especially for this, because he's one of two people in the country that has over a million actual death certificates specific for COVID. So he's done the analysis on them. He can show you definitively. There's a 0% chance we're wrong. He can show you where we've been right this whole time and what we've been saying. Uh, Keith Wilkins, who's our expert on the money that has been stolen over 
$4.5 trillion of U.S. taxpayer money. And that's the low estimate. The actual estimate by two Harvard professors is closer to $16 trillion over the last four years of U.S. taxpayer money. Um, and then we go uh, to Keith's left. We have our attorney, Steve Jonkis, who's been, to me, he he was the attorney that didn't look for a microphone. He looked for a courtroom in, in 2020. He said, you know what? This is going to be a very long fight. I got to start getting throwing some punches. That is one of my favorite. That, that is my favorite attorney in the entire country right now. That's a good dude right there. And then we have Senator Dennis Linthicum and Senator Kim Thatcher, who have backed us from day one. And Brian O'Shea, who is t- showing us the nightmare that they're trying to create called One Health. Anywhere you see one before another word. That is Bill Gates. That is the Good Club. If you don't know what the Good Club is, go ahead and do a quick little search on it. It's a bunch of billionaires who are trying to rule the world without it appearing that they're ruling the world, you know. Um, and uh, he's showing us with the One Health branch of what they're doing, the ties to the Eco Health Alliance, the Wuhan Lab, what they're doing now today, and how they have set up this assembly line of pandemics that they are poised to be able to release really over the next hundred years, kind of at their discretion and blame it on climate change, you know, cause that's, that's what they're setting up for is how to blame all this on, Oh, it was just, it was a carbon. <laughs> carbon doesn't, carbon doesn't leave straight clouds in the sky, homie. That's not how that works. <laughs> you know, that's not a carbon problem. That's a man-made problem. So um, really great folks. And, and we've been, really blessed to have folks like you, Bernadette, and Form Choice Washington, who backed us from day one. Um, Stanford Health Freedom, huge. Leah Wilson and Sarah G, huge supporters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a campaign that has, I think, over 300,000 Americans who signed on in support of our grand jury initiative. And that's that's important because when you start getting to grand juries, um, to get information to them is supposed to be easy. We're, we're supposed, they, they belong to us. We're supposed to be able to go, hey, I need you to look into this. And a grand jury go, got it, I'm on it. And they decide whether or not there's something substantive there or not. But what's happened over the last probably about 60 years since World War II, really, um, has been that we have take, they have put so many non-legal obstacles in front and dumbed down the grand jury so much that grand jurors don't know what their power is and that the district attorneys and the U.S. attorneys think that they are the constitutional gatekeepers and owners of the grand jury system when the grand jury system is not contextually assigned to any branch of the government for a specific purpose of being able to investigate every branch of the government. Um, So we're bringing that back. We're knocking the dust and everything off of that. But what happened early on was we we learned that one of the big questions I had, Bernadette, was why is COVID ravaging the United States numerically more so than Mexico and Canada and these other countries, you know, as, as things were coming online? And so when you when you ask that basic question, you have to go in and look into, well, how are they aggregating? How are they compiling data here? And what we found very early on is that on, on March 24th, 2020, the CDC and the NVSS issued complete changes to how death certificates are reported um, for COVID only. 
And they did that so that they could make sure COVID was listed inaccurately, fraudulently as the cause of death. And this is why we've all heard of the person who got hit by a bus or fell off a ladder. And for some reason, they were diagnosed with COVID. So at the time of this graph that you're looking at on screen right now, um, this was, I want to say, through February of 2022 or something, the CDC was making a claim that there were 890,000 Americans died caused by COVID. This was with that little death certificate sleight of hand. Our analysis and our peer-reviewed analysis on this, because we published a peer-reviewed paper on this in October of 2020, um, was that if they hadn't changed the rules for or changed how death certificates are recorded for COVID and just followed what we had always been using, that it's closer to about 53,000 Americans had died, which of course isn't a pandemic. It's a tragedy, but it's not a pandemic. Yeah, Dr. H, can I ask real quick? Of course. Would, would that have been the same method then they previously used for flu deaths? Uh, no. Um, for flu deaths, um, well, that's actually a really good question, Bob. We haven't researched that, and it's possible. They didn't issue a edict in violation of three federal laws to do it. So that would make it a little bit different. But, you know, what you get into is an incredible level of subjectivity that can be highly incentivized and influenced um, to create whatever numbers they want. And what it comes down to is we have always ascribed the cause of death to be the oldest known pathology, all right? So if a person had um, hypertension, you know, high blood pressure for 10 years and then caught a cold and died, the cold isn't what killed them. The 10 years of hypertension would be the cause of death, right? Um, so what they did for COVID was they said, okay, well, if the person had hypertension for 10 years and caught COVID, that hypertension now is going to be moved to a different part of the death certificate, but only in cases of COVID. And what that allows is COVID to be the cause of death. So it's just a sleight of hand um, that they did. In previous years, they haven't really done that with the flu, but I, we haven't looked very deeply into it. So I can't say that they didn't do it, but it wasn't a big issue because no one was looking at the flu as lo for lockdowns and mandates and forced shots and all this other nonsense, right? Nobody yeah. was looking at it like that. So they may no, have. There, there were some workplace mandates and had us looking into it a little bit in that, you know, they always claim 30 to 60,000 flu deaths. So you better get your shot. Well, and, th and that's where you see when you go back through their, their, um, cataloging, you don't see exact numbers. You see estimates. They can, they just pencil in the estimates every year. So I think that was more of a, rather than a, a change of death certificates, which led to violations of federal law. I think that's them just, I think that's just lazy accounting that they're doing right there. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that, that's what it is. Yeah. I want to add like for the flu, what they would do in order to inflate the numbers to have the fear factor is they would call it influenza like illnesses. Right. And it would be any respiratory infection and pneumonia. Sometimes they would lump it all together. And again, it wasn't based on actual death certificates or actual deaths. They have a very complicated formula. So if they wanted to frighten you, they would say, oh, there was 75,000 flu deaths, right? But right. You, you couldn't actually point to it. The pediatric data is actually a lot more clear because uh, 
in a, anyone under 18, 18 and under who dies of the flu, it's a reportable event, or at mm -hmm. least it used to be. Mm -hmm. And you had actual measurable flu death data in pediatrics, and the numbers are always very, very low. You, um, you, you want to hear one of the craziest things I heard about all, right. all this? All right. And there's, you know, you are in, when you get into this topic, you are swimming through a sea of crazy. Right. Yeah. It's like, I can't believe this has been going on all this time. And we this is this, one of the craziest things I heard. And this was uh, confirmed by a certified death certificate, uh, death reporting clerk. Right. Who fill, has filled out like thousands over. She said over she's done easily over 5000 death certificates in her career. Right. Is that if the CDC. So there's the CDC and right under them, the National Vital Statistics System. Right. They're they're branched under them. You submit your the death certificate into the NVSS. The NVSS, if they don't like what you have submitted, will kick it back to you and say, we need it to say this. You then, in order to get this recorded, because you have to, because the family needs the death certificate to get the body released and go through funeral arrangements, so nobody's going to fight the system now, the, the, you write it up, you get it back to them. After they receive that, even saying, hey, we need you to change X, Y, and Z before we can accept this, the NVSS has complete authority and zero supervision to be able to still change that death certificate after the fact and put it into any accounting pool they want to. There is no oversight over that process. Zero. It's all done yeah. by the NVSS and the CDC. Yeah, that's one of the major areas that needs drastic reform. We do not have accurate death data at all. We have no idea who's dying of what. Nope. You know, and we know especially that the pharmaceutical industry, is, you know, doesn't want to, the medication that just was started two days before death to be anywhere on that death certificate as a cause of death. Right. That's so. a, that's a true statement because my mother, before she died, um, they actually revoked her prescriptions several days before she yeah and that and we they were in the room we came back into the room they weren't there i went and talked with the uh the, the nurse uh team they said you need to talk to the doctor i talked with the doctor he was the fun doctor because he had a tigger stethoscope sleeve so he was the fun doctor that everybody's gonna like right so i'm talking to him and i said hey man you know my mother and i i'm i, I don't care one way or the other because i'm at this point you know, not into any of the pharmaceuticals at all. So I'm like, you know, hey, um, uh, can my mom get it back? Because she wanted it back, you know? So I'm like, just, and he's like, oh no, those have been revoked. And I was like, what do you mean revoked? And he's like, oh, well, you know, um, we, we will sometimes, if we don't feel like the medication is going to be productive for her or for somebody who we feel is dying, we, we revoke them. And I'm like, okay, but that's their prescription they paid for. That's their property, number one. And number two, if that's true, why did you just schedule my mother for a final radiation session that you knew wasn't going to work? Because you want to bill. They want to bill and they want to make sure that their numbers, their stats stay as clean as they can. It's just, it's, it is, there's no integrity in this system whatsoever. Mm -mm. They have, the emperor is wearing no clothes and we all know that it's not just a couple of crackpots like me having seen it, talking about it. Now, sadly, 
the majority of Americans have experienced this and the majority mm-hmm. of people around the world. So now the question is, what are we going to do about it? Yes, yes. So the um, the way the CDC instructed everyone to fill out death certificates is one of the um, mm-hmm. laws they broke. What was another law that they broke? Well, uh, so let's talk about process because I want Americans okay. to, let's, let's use these for education. We want you to understand there are laws in place. And if we would just follow them, we'd be pretty good, you know, for the most part. I mean, you can knock out 42 USC 300 AA anytime you want. I'd be okay with that. That's the 1986 National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act. You could repeal that whole damn thing and I'd be okay with that. But um, there's a process. So first thing, Bernadette, is the Administrative Procedure Act says every government agency has to follow the same rules. Makes sense, right? Okay. Then in the 80s, there became an act that is, and you you can't get into the names. You have to understand what the names are saying. But this next one is the Paperwork Reduction Act. And that doesn't sound like a big deal. But what it does is it creates two very important things. Number one is it mandates public comment periods. That if an agency is going to make any changes to data and how data is collected and analyzed and published, it has to open It has to publish this to the Federal Register, the proposed change, and then there is a minimum 30-day mandated public comment period. Now, we know they don't lose any comments. We know they throw them all away, right? But there's still 30 days we're supposed to get. But the second thing that the Paperwork Reduction Act does, which is very interesting, is it actually launches oversight by a different branch of the government. It launches oversight by the executive branch, uh, a... um, office called Office of Management and Budget that now is going to look at this and go, hey, you make this change, what's the economic impact to the country? Because I got to report that back to the president to see if this is cool, right? And they can actually step in and be like, nope, I don't even care about public comment. This isn't happening. And then the third thing after that, so now we, we didn't get that mandatory public comment period in 2020. That didn't happen. It didn't happen because the CDC didn't report the proposed changes to the federal register. They're immediately and on the spot in violation of federal law. Mm-hmm. The third federal law is called the Information Quality Act. Now, do you all remember how governors we're showing all these scary graphics in 2020, these scary charts of how many Americans are going to die and blah, 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 all these projection models. Those projection models were developed by the IHME. Mm-hmm. Now, you're in Washington. You know who the IHME is. Mm-hmm. It's said to be the IHME at Washington University. This is how they identify themselves, right? University of Washington. Yeah. Yeah. What's the acronym? I H M E. And what is it? I, I forget what it stands for. It's the it's the health organization. Modeling, right? Yeah, it's the H&M one that health modeling. It's health modeling. It's the one that Bill Gates uh, endowed. I think it was a two hundred and seventy nine million dollar endowment to get it launched. Um, and uh, and so they work for Gates. Right. Just like the Imperial College of London, which put out other projections, works for Gates. Well, what we called the IHME and we and we posed as um, as donors. I said, Hey, you know, I got, I really love what you guys are doing. I got a hundred thousand dollars. I want to be able to donate it. Right. What they said to me was you have to go through Washington university, university of Washington, UW, you have to go through them. So we called up UW 
And UW says, yeah, IHME isn't affiliated with us, even though they're on our campus. I said, really, that's very interesting. So how do I donate? Well, you donate to us and then we send the money to the IHME. So that's money laundering. You are now utilizing the nonprofit status of a university to clear that money. The university takes a little bit off the top, of course, and then the rest of it goes to the IHME, right? And what did the IHME do? They produced fraudulent projections, projections based upon the worst case scenarios to give to governors and people at the state level, because the state level isn't held to the same standard as the federal level. So the federal level couldn't show those. You didn't see Burks or anybody showing those, but you saw every governor in, especially on the West coast, showing those projections to justify lockdowns. And where do those projections, where does the base data for those projections come from? The fraudulent death certificates that the CDC had started authoring as of March 24th, 2020. So we, we, we know how this whole thing was constructed and mm-hmm. it goes, it goes even deeper than that. But the, the reality is for everyone is that the simplicity, let's take it back up to the bird's eye view. This is fraud. This is criminal data fraud used to justify lockdowns that were then extended incessantly long based upon, again, fraudulent data in order to buy time for the EUA approval of a experimental biologic that they say was just conceived in around the same time. Like it was like, oh, we got into a quick think tank and we said this is the best. No, it wasn't. Yeah. The research shows conclusively this has been in development since at least 1968. Yeah. And you, so, you know, you get to this place where it's like, all right, you all are liars. You're cheats. You're criminals. You're crooks. And we need a grand jury investigation in this because a grand jury not being contextually assigned to any of the three branches has the ability to ask as many questions as they want and the ability, if you refuse to give testimony or that information unredacted, to indict you and to make sure that you are going to jail very quickly. So they have a right to do whatever, not whatever they want, but to investigate whatever they want. I want to add one more layer to what was going on in this holding pattern stage. Mm-hmm. Um, several states, but particularly in Washington state, idmod.org. It's a division of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They offered for, for free or to, or to partially fund themselves their mm-hmm. services. And they were writing up all of the... Every weekly status report of COVID, they were doing the measuring, they were doing mm-hmm. the studies, um, and they it was, you know, we we found uh, through public records requests, you know, who was paying for what and all of that, and it was coming from the Gates Foundation. They were, you know, in some of the meetings, they were saying, oh yeah, half of this person's salary is being paid for by the Gates Foundation, mm-hmm. and they had their name on all the papers. Um, they might have seen that we were writing about them quite a bit, and the Department of Health at one point announced we're no longer to put ID mod on our um, weekly reports. They're still doing them for us, but we're taking their branding basically off the reports. It was crazy. And so, you know, they were doing all these things to perpetuate the fear 
to make the numbers look high and the whole thing, because that's a long time to keep people on the hook, telling them there's nothing we can do. And so you have to keep generating um, the fear over and over again. But then we get, so we get back to this grand jury, which is so exciting because it's one of those tools that we all need to know moving forward. The learning lessons that we have now are going to be protecting us in the future. So explain to us then, you've got these wonderful legislators in the state of Oregon, of all places, did file grand jury. Um, and that's at a certain stage I want to hear about. But then I want to make sure we get in the next phase. Mm -hmm. at the for county sure. level where people can help also. Oh yeah, for sure. So um, we're in, we, we started phase one, understanding that there was going to be a lot we needed to learn about the process and we wanted to see what their game plan was. We needed to create a skirmish and see how they were going to try to thwart us. And they used everything from our, my dog was sick. That's literally in a, a court document by the department of justice. Uh, my dog was sick to um, what just happened on December 5th, we were scheduled for oral arguments in the appellate court, and uh, uh, the day after Thanksgiving, uh, the judges revoked it. The judges, the three judges or five judges, I don't, I don't remember how many are on that panel, but they said, we have all the information we need. Your, uh, your appearance is not necessary here. We have the ability, we are going to be able to make a unanimous decision. Now, let's not be silly. We know that's not going to be in our favor, right? But what's interesting to me is that we couldn't even get our 15 minutes in court. That's how much they do not want this in court. We were ready to go and do a whole part. We were going to have a party out in front of the courthouse and make sure everybody knew about it. Well, um, what we decided to do instead was say, you know what? It's time to launch phase two. Um, we know what's going on with this case. We, we, are, we haven't gone as far as we can go yet. What's up next is uh, as, as soon as the courts, um, as, as soon as the courts tell us, to leave them alone, we get to go to the Supreme Court. So they're going to, this, these, these three are probably going to say, Hey, you know, yeah, we uphold the dismissal, you know, because they're trying to pro that their argument is that we're trying to prosecute these people. And that's not, we were explicit in our initial petition that we are not attempting prosecution. We're not even suggesting it. We are, we are demanding investigation. We were explicit. So they just created an argument and then argued that argument that they created, created a straw man. Um, and, and so it's, it's disappointing to see that, but it wasn't without expectation. And we knew this first phase was going to the Supreme court either way, whether we got wins or we got losses, it didn't matter. It's going to find its way to the Supreme court and that could take some time. So we said, we're not going to wait for it. We're going to launch phase two, January 23rd of 2024. So many people have been asking us, what can we do? And I'm, I'm tired of telling them, Hey, you can sign this petition or you can donate. I mean, we, we appreciate both of those things greatly, but um, people want to do something, right? We finally got the, we finally have Americans at a point where they're, they've had enough of all this. And they have been, and to everyone's credit that we talked to and everyone on our team, the, the credit to them too, is we, we want this to be peaceful. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan. I think the most successful thing that I've ever seen historically from a social perspective was really the Montgomery bus boycotts. I think that was the, I think that's the model for us really. When you, and when you study what they were doing um, uh, during that time, they, they brought that through great organization. They brought that whole, uh, that whole uh, city to its knees and in days, you know, it was just a brilliant expression of organization. 
Uh, we've talked to some folks in Texas who've done a great job with getting, um, uh, making it illegal to have masks and shots mandated uh, on government employees in the state. I was like, wow, what a huge win right there. Um, and so we're, we're going into organization mode. What we're doing over this winter break is we're drafting uh, um, a um, county level grand jury petition that people will be able to file. Uh, we are um, updating our evidentiary package because so much information has come since we first filed in March of last year, in March of 22. So we're um, updating our evidentiary package. You're going to have a full package of, of death certificate update from John Bodwin, full update from on VAERS from Albert Benavides, uh, full update on One Health and why we need to investigate that as well. And uh, what we are going to have are explicit instructions for people. And we're going to target right now, we're looking like we're going to target about five to six states to start with for January 23rd. So we can start some more skirmishes who wants, who lives in that area, who wants to file. The nice thing about grand juries is one, they're made up of people like us. These aren't government officials. These are just regular folks that got called into service or, or in some cases were able to apply and get on a grand jury. There's a tendency to think that at the county level, the only thing that they can do is investigate the county. And that's true in terms of where the investigation begins, but that, that's not where it's limited to. The investigation for any grand jury can proceed wherever that investigation takes them, even into the Oval Office, even into the halls of the CDC and the NVSS, can take them anywhere. So what we have to do is make sure we give them the, the um, roadmap you know, for this and say, Hey, this is, if I was on there, this is what I would do, you know, and you start just showing them like, look, you know, we're going to bring in Ed Dowd's great work. Um, we're probably going to bring in uh, RFK's books, you know, and, and put them in the evidentiary package as well. You know, you just, you just get to a point where it's like, folks, there is so much information amassed on this that points to one inescapable conclusion every single time that this is massive fraud this is a conspiracy against the people of the United States of America. Of, of America. That makes it treason, um, especially when you're in collusion with another country, which we know has happened, yep. right? These are the worst kept secrets in the world. So what we're left to is, is this. There are 3,143 counties in the United States of America. That gives us 3,143 attempts at minimum, of getting a breakthrough, getting one group of people together where they said, you know what? I lost somebody. I had my dad was killed by remdesivir. My daughter died from these, from this, I almost, I almost did it, Bernadette, from the shots. Um, I, I, that was self censorship <laughs> right there. I was like, from the, <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, we're going to get to that person. This is, this is where God steps in, you know? Mm -hmm. Our our job isn't to get into when is this going to happen. It's to have the faith that it's going to happen. My job here is really simple. It's to do his work and to do it without question and pushback. And, oh, God, why didn't you do? It's not for me to say. Right. It's not for me to know. And it's really not for me to care about. Right. I, that's questioning God. I'm not going to do that. You know? What it is, is for me to understand what's my role in this. My role is I seem to have a really good ability to 
investigate and analyze and then organize that information and explain it back to people. I seem to have a pretty good job of bringing people together who have the right energy and the right intent. Mm -hmm. And then we, I seem to have a pretty good job now of putting on a show, right? And so we're going to put on another show next year. We're probably going to, we're, we're, we definitely got one conference scheduled for September, but on the grand jury one, we're looking at May of doing another conference. And I want to bring people together who are doing other actions in the country and say, look, this is what's ongoing now. How can we support each other? If no other reason, evidence packages, right? Like I can't wait to, to really get into what Dr. Naomi Wolf has put together with her incredible team on the Pfizer documents. That's, mm-hmm. I'm so glad there's a whole nother team working on that. And I don't have to assign my team to that. I can look at them and trust them and get that summary. I get to go to Brooke Jackson and, and Warner Mendenhall and go, okay, where are you guys at with yours? You know, here's what we got. What do you got? I get to go to Ed Dowd and say, okay, let me take a, let's take a look at your, what's your, what's your main high level one? Let's make sure it's in there because what we want to ensure is that when the grant, when we do break through and we're going to break through next year, I'm very confident we're going to break through next year. When we do break through, I want whichever grand jury has the courage to be an American. I said that correctly, the Mm -hmm. courage to be an American that they know who they want to call in and subpoena in. You can, any grand jury in this country, subpoena me. I will be there. I'll pay for it myself. Subpoena me, my whole team, subpoena us. We will get you dialed in on what's going on. We can prove everything we say. And then from there, we can even give you a list of questions we would like have answered. And you don't have to really do any work, but be brave. And that's the easiest job to do when you get down to it. I don't- Go ahead. We, just, we're just down to the last minute and a half here. Most people don't know that once you impanel a grand jury, they can tell the judge, take a hike. They can tell the attorney general, take a hike. Exactly. We're now impaneled. We will do what it what we have to do. They're under no obligation to listen to any judge or to any lawyer. And they are the ones that are in charge. They are a grand jury. Like you said, beautifully, a grand jury has this designation, this charter to be the judges of the law, right? That is the most powerful position you can be in in this country where we are trying to create crime by walking around laws that are in place. So uh, yeah. I'm excited. We're, we're doing some historic stuff here and, and, and we got this. We got this. This is so amazing. So the website is beyondthecon.com. Mm-hmm. Go check it out. You can register for free to make sure you're notified when your big January 24th um, event. 23rd. 23rd event takes place. Um, Dr. Henley, it is always such a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, I want to wish you a happy holidays. Merry Christmas. It's going to be an amazing new year. Um, thank you for all you do. You are just keep doing it. They're in my heart every day. Um, Bob and Javier, great seeing you guys. Um, everybody have a great weekend. We will see you next week. Take care. Are you suffering from a sinking feeling that the COVID-19 pandemic is being blown out of proportion and that nothing in the news is making any sense? If so, then there is a fact-based science-driven news show designed just for you. 
My name is Del Bigtree, and I am the host of The High Wire, the world's most trusted news source in digital media when it comes to accurate, science-based reporting on the COVID-19 pandemic. From COVID-19 vaccine development to mask mandates, school shutdowns to job layoffs, The High Wire goes beyond providing you with the most accurate, evidence-based investigations. We send you links to the sources for all of our reporting so that you can further your own investigation and come to your own informed conclusions. High above the agenda-driven circus of mainstream media, we do not run. We do not hide from the truth. Instead, we walk the high wire. If you care about truth, then join us on Instagram, Twitter, Roku, and our website, thehighwire.com. Informed Choice Washington is a nonprofit organization that advocates for healthy immunity, medical freedom, and fully informed medical consent. The right to make medical choices without coercion is fundamental to our civil liberties and a basic principle in all human rights declarations. To learn more, tune in each Friday from 3 to 5 p.m. to an Informed Life Radio and visit the website informedchoicewa.org. It's time to take a stand for medical freedom. Go to informedchoicewa.org today.